0: Today's podcast is sponsored by audible.com. We are offering you a free trial of audible.com when you go to audibletrial.com/business Growth so that you can explore all of the incredible audio entertainment and information they have to offer because it's more than audiobooks. So head on over there and check it out for yourself. Over the years, the Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast uh, has gained recognition as a great resource for small business owners, sales professionals, business leaders, and this is because of the guests. These are folks with expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me to share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest is Dan Moore. After brief stints in enterprise and mid-market data center service providers, Dan co-founded Vaporware to help entrepreneurs take their software ideas to market. Over the past six years, he's helped Vaporware deliver thousands of iterations across dozens of apps in four main industries, which are healthcare, HR, real estate, and IT, ranging from the first MVP versions to modern iterations on mature solutions. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dan.
2: Thanks for having me, Diane.
0: Absolutely. So so Dan, you know, we're going to be talking about automating and and software and I'm wondering if you would share with the listeners your thoughts on um investing in custom software? Like sh- should we like build our own? Should we just buy off the shelf? What, what are your thoughts?
2: That's a great question. Um, one, one we get uh, a lot. I think from the perspective of a business owner, um, any new project or investment comes with a lot of risk. And so we evaluate each of those scenarios based on how much risk, what kind of risk tolerance a business has, and so there's a there's a process of uh, leadership called thinking in bets that if you don't know uh, all the facts and want to make some kind of educated guess, uh, how, how do you work through that process? Mm. And so aligning those risks to what the business wants uh, typically comes out, Um, With a clear answer on the buy versus build spectrum and it's not just related to dollars It's also related to outcomes that they're looking to achieve. So there's plenty of software off the shelf today but if you're looking for a competitive edge or if your business is very unique in in different ways and doesn't match up with um, common practices then Uh, those are are some good opportunities for custom software.
0: Okay, great. So how does someone go about investing in custom software? Are there things they should look for and things they should avoid?
2: Absolutely. Um, I I think some of the the key things when building software, again, uh, kind of stems from that that risk profile. Um, What we look at is, what is what is someone's capacity to um, own and manage and maintain that software long term oh. um, that often uh, a lot of people look at software like it's a, a device that you can buy off the shelf and you have it in your hands um, unfortunately even even buying software off the shelf is not like buying a physical device so there's ongoing maintenance costs and that's why you see a lot of subscription models and constant updates on your phone and all that kind of stuff. Um, That, that long-term return on investment is, is one thing that we look at, even if we're not involved in a relationship for a long time. So if we can come in and uh, build uh, some really easy, simple software or what we call an integration or connection between two pieces of software to move data um, around, then in those scenarios, Um, there is still maintenance involved and there is still, uh, well, what happens if it breaks or if a version changes or data moves in different directions. And so, uh, an organization's capacity, uh, to do that, um, is, is very different for every single organization that's out there.
0: Okay. So how does, um, like, how would a, a, a small business owner go about determining whether it's a risk worth taking? You know, it sounds like there are, um, like, there are questions they should be asking or, or, you know, if this, then that sort of process. Is that
2: Definitely. So uh, we we start by looking at uh, existing solutions that are already out there. Um, one, one thing we do is uh, we basically say, um, what's this problem uh, that they're trying to solve with that custom software? So if it's uh, ultimately trying to increase sales and it has something to do with moving data from a, a CRM to a um, Uh, some channel or a partner network or something like that, then um, we look to see if someone has already solved that problem with software off the shelf. Um, If, if that doesn't exist, or if um, that business process that we're looking to solve can't change at all, um, and it's not as malleable as uh, the software is, then we look at uh, kind of the, that next step up option, which is, to customize that off-the-shelf software. So um, it takes a lot of research and a lot of looking into uh, problems in different ways, but um, uh, essentially starting from that assessment around a specific problem um, and a lot of Google searches and and looking at other databases, um, there's a, a bunch of great tools out there that, have lists of uh, recommendations and um, related tools and other perspectives. And, and that research is what really defines um, the, the result of what's the best solution out there uh, for someone today. So um, it's not a, if all else fails, go to custom software. There are a bunch of other scenarios. Um, so uh, the ownership of the software for example, or the business process, if you want to sell it to other um, competitors, if you want to patent the process um, and and not give up that uh, trade secret, Um, as well as if if you want the control, if you're a larger organization um, in-housing some of that uh, technology that maybe somebody else already has the exact same process, um, but you want full control and you don't want your customer data going to other people's servers or um, there, there are plenty of other reasons as well. But I think the, the main one that we see initially is it just doesn't exist out there. It's, um, it's unique and different in a, in a new way.
0: So, okay. That, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, I'm thinking back to um, situations I've been in working for companies where there was a particular need. So they went and like got, software that could be customized for them but they didn't talk to everybody so it ended up not really working for certain departments so
2: Mm -hmm. you
0: know how does a company safeguard against that kind of thing because it feels like like they can focus on one problem but they then they can create a problem someplace else
2: absolutely uh we see that all the time in um digital transformation projects and um, converting to very large systems. Uh, I think the one that comes to mind that we've seen time and time again is, is the Salesforce ecosystem and yes. that it's such a, it's a lot of people consider it a product. Oh, I can buy Salesforce, but it's an, it's an ecosystem. It's a, what we call an operating system that is different for everyone that uses it. So um buying into Salesforce is much more akin to buying into Apple or Google, as opposed to, I want to use this one piece of software in one very specific way. So those projects are, are much bigger and different than solving an initial problem. Um, Ideally, if you solve a process problem with either a single tool or a couple of tools and an optimization um, following like a, a lean Six Sigma model uh, through process optimization, we can then create other problems and bottlenecks uh, throughout the, oh. the system. And so that's a good thing. It, it basically moves the problem forward um, and, and progresses the company. Now the situation that you're describing is Um, not talking to everybody that uses the system and not getting a, a holistic perspective on what problems you're trying to solve. So what happens a lot of the time in those digital transformations is that they move a problem from a sales team to a support team, let's say like, great, we've sold 20 more customers, but they're all different kinds of customers. And now our support team doesn't know how to talk to these people. They don't know how to support their scenario or their, or the process that they're going through. And um, really understanding and getting all of those people aligned together is, is what a good, um, I hesitate to use the term project manager, but um, we use uh, the role product manager, which is different, um, in that they are focused on all of the different users and prioritizing between them that interface with that system. Okay. So a project manager has a start date and an end date, and um, they have specific goals that they're looking for within that time frame. Uh, a product manager is focused on um, continuing outcomes and all of those different user personas.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Um, I like that, that that makes sense to me. Um, Okay. So, if a small business owner, you know, came to you and said, you know, I think we need to increase efficiencies or we need to tighten things up, whatever, is there a particular place you suggest businesses focus? When it comes to, you know, automating and making sure they have software doing things for them
2: absolutely there are very key areas in a business where software plays a great role Um, for example customer relationships is not one of them people uh, customers don't like interfacing with small businesses so that they can talk to a machine Um, they like talking to people and so Anything that is keeping your employees and, and your people away from the customer um, in the back office, in um, s- some kind of data entry or uh, what we call swivel chair, which is uh, moving uh, from one screen to another and just copying data back and forth or filling out forms or um, looking at reports and that kind of thing. Um those are, are the places where um, we kind of question, does a human really need to be doing that for your business? Um, on That said, on the customer communication side, if you are scaling a business, um, for example, we worked with a um, field services company uh, that does pest control and Uh, they were growing from a single region to uh, multiple states and wanted to standardize and and keep that high quality of customer service in place. And as a lot of franchising models do, they put in business process in place that says, Hey, always text the customer before you are on your way and make sure you follow up with them afterwards to see if they have any questions and, maybe drop an upsell uh, communication point here or there. And that scaling problem um, of making sure that every single person is trained and following that process every single time uh, because it's been, it's been proven that that process increases conversion rates and customer satisfaction. And um, those communication points when controlled manually can be sped up Um, so for example, a technician on the field of this company has a single button to press and tell a customer exactly how far away that they are and when they'll arrive at their house, as opposed to, oh, I forgot. And I I just showed up because it was easier. So Mm. uh, standardizing, um, is, is a, is a big piece of communication, um, just like it was for, uh, McDonald's when when they scaled wildly and wanted all the fries to be the same height. So,
0: <laughs> got it. Very good. Uh, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, and we are offering you um, a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth to sign up uh, for a free trial of Audible where you can explore all of the content and if you think it is only audiobooks you are mistaken because while they have thousands of audiobook titles they have so much other content podcasts guided meditations audible originals Uh, And more. I mean, it it is amazing. And the cool thing is, is that when it's all there on one platform, you don't have to go from one program or, you know, one site to another, one app to another to get the content that you're looking for because it's all there. I can tell you, um, I'm really enjoying the guided meditations these days uh, and the ability to jump between uh, different things that I'm listening to. So check it out for yourself, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for the free trial, and explore. I think you are going to be thrilled with what you find. Today we're speaking with Dan Moore about how to automate everything to save time and money. Okay, Um, Dan can you talk to me some about getting everyone internally on board with the idea of automating?
2: Absolutely. Um, I I think when we consult with uh, larger organizations that uh, have never been through the process before, plenty of people inside of their company push back on automation It's scary. It's new. Um, humans don't like change. Um, so from that perspective, bringing those people into the room of, um, strategizing and solving the problems together and building camaraderie around we're working through this with you is the ultimate goal. The, the ability to get their input and see their feedback and ultimately build the right solution for them is is what drives um, successful projects. So looking at um, not necessarily the exact suggestions that they have, but asking them questions and saying, well, how would you solve that problem? and And um, how, can, how can we as a team uh, reach those results um, is definitely crucial. So going back to that earlier example of um, the pest control company, um, we brought those technicians that are in the field into the, the planning room. So before they even had a solution in place, before we had written any code, we said, well, what would you want to do? what what would make your life easier? And it then changed the conversation from, oh, they're trying to replace me and just consider me a cog in the machine. And um, I'm going to be forced to use this software that I don't like to, oh, I, I have some input and um, some some value to the organization. And so my job has changed from communicating with customers and and just pressing this button to helping guide the organization overall so it mm-hmm. elevates and increases that person's value and I, I think that just drives from uh, very core fundamental leadership techniques um, that are that are great for building camaraderie
0: yeah, I, I think um, I'm glad that you said it that way because I think a lot of business leaders avoid certain conversations or, you know, avoid innovating and automating because they're afraid of the, you know, how it's going to be perceived. And, you know, they're, they're afraid of losing good people. And, but it feels like it's, you know, how you communicate it makes all the difference.
2: It's, it's definitely that self-fulfilling pro, uh, prophecy in that if you're afraid of that and if you're taking that perspective, um, then it can come true. But if if you work to change the perspective and have it be about we are together working as a team and giving people the insight through transparency and um uh, I often joke that it's just like, treat them like you would want to be treated um, yeah. and, and share. And, and the, the worst that we've seen happen from that, uh, the worst case scenario is um, someone's opinion is heard and understood and turned down. Um, but that is a much better feeling than, well, they didn't even ask me. And I'm just being told what to do, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, If, if, how do I want to ask this question? I mean, I would think a lot of small businesses wouldn't necessarily have the internal bandwidth to be able to take a project like this from start to finish. Um, So how do would they go about finding like an external team to help them what what are like things to look out for or questions to ask to make sure they're getting the resource that they really need
2: that's a great question um it is uh unfortunately this process that's been uh, diluted and sold and you have the spectrum from Uh, people that have just graduated college to um, people that have been through the process to many different countries to um, entire teams versus individuals Uh, there are a lot of options that are out there yeah Um, if you are going to to go externally and instead of trying to do this yourself which is a for, if you're doing it for the first time, it's definitely what I would recommend. Um, I would suggest knowing and, and going into that planning that one person on your team at a minimum is the owner of that effort. Um, you don't want to hand off that entire effort to someone outside of your organization Mm. and just hope for the best. Um, especially if it's more transformational replacing doing a big system like Salesforce. If you don't have that internal, not necessarily dedicated, but um, as in full time, but um, at least that one person that can focus on this project and can treat it as a priority, it won't be wasted effort. Um, The, giving that person the autonomy and, and kind of that internal perspective. And um, if they have the ability to go around and, and get feedback and input from everyone inside of your organization for those bigger type projects, um, then uh, they could do that if they have that ability and, and time. Um, you can find an external vendor um, like our, us that can also do that as well. So we've come in and offer those, um, what we call those product management services to really define what the right solution is. Um, and before that, define what everyone's problems are and make sure that we're solving the right ones. So, um, but having that clear understanding of and, and collaboration across the organization is something that um, a lot of people skip, as you mentioned. Yeah,
0: I I mean on the one hand I think you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, you may not even know the questions to ask or the the things to look at like I remember being involved with an organization that had a a software vendor creating software for them and the people who were and the company who were responsible for sort of spearheading the whole thing had never built a website, didn't know anything about data management or, you know, anything. And so they didn't know what they didn't know. And they didn't know what kinds of questions to ask the vendor or what kinds of things to watch out for. And so um, it didn't go great. Um, because... <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you know, because they, I think they were sort of in different
2: places. It, it sounds like they understood a high level goal, Yeah. But not how to break that goal down or that objective down into, well, what are the steps or what are the plan to get yeah, there? Right. So I think that's fair. That, that Sherpa kind of helping you climb that mountain, uh, someone that's been there before, is a is a metaphor um, that we use to um, help kind of understand why that strategic person that can fill the gap between the business objectives and the technical details is really important. Um, yeah, no kidding. Some sometimes you can find that person uh, who can also do the technical implementation, um, but. Those are two very different mindsets and um, that's why we're a team of people as opposed to just one person um, trying to do everything.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So, right. So you make sure you have all the, the pieces,
2: so to speak. Absolutely. And, and there's some natural ebb and flow or um, give and take, I guess, between those two different perspectives. That make it really important to separate them out instead of have one person with one brain sit down and fight internally um, uh, for those different things. So um, it's it's the conflict between um is it cheaper or more affordable or more important? So priorities um from nice. a technical standpoint versus when you're actually sitting there and implementing it, you you have questions on, well, how do I get this to work? And is it feasible? And um, how much effort, how much time do I have to put into this and that kind of thing. And um, it's very easy. We, as, as software developers, we talk a lot about rabbit holes and yes. um, just getting into building these massively beautiful technical architectures and uh, that have no business application, and it's it's just it's great from a software development standpoint. Like yeah. I go back to when I was in college for computer science, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool, but it has no application. It's it's <laughs> worthless at the end of the day. So, yeah, that, that's
0: not good. <laughs>
2: no, not at all. And um, it's. It's a it's a trap that's super easy to fall into, because that's why a lot of developers and a lot of technical people are technical people. It's what they enjoy doing. So it's fighting that bias and that mm. um, uh, desire to stick with what's easy instead of asking hard questions about is this the right is this even the right path that I'm on. So. Huh. Making, making sure that you have someone that knows good paths and there are still plenty of paths and plenty of decisions that the business leader needs to be responsible for. They need to make the ultimate decision on, am I going to the mountains or the beach? But once you decide you're going to the mountains okay, well, this is our first mountain we're climbing, so let's start with a small one instead of a, a huge one.
0: So. Yeah, right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Start with something sort of simple and basic. Are there any areas, I know you said um, that, that like client-facing um, can be tricky. Um, are there other areas that you would think should not be automated or or that a business shouldn't necessarily spend time trying to figure out how to automate?
2: Absolutely. Um, And uh, I should have mentioned, we have a whole framework uh, for this. And I I did a presentation that there's some slides out there um, that uh, maybe we could put in the show notes uh, specifically to how to make a decision on what should you automate first. Um, But Uh, Other things that we look for are um, how often does the process or whatever it is we're automating change? Um, Is it something that's been around for a while or is it a brand new idea that we haven't even done manually before? And we see way too often that a business leader has a new idea and wants to jump directly into, well, let's scale and get this out to all our entire sales team and have them go down this direction and put all this technology in place that'll help them sell this new way. And turns out that selling that new way doesn't really work. Hmm. And it would have been cheaper to just try it once or twice manually first, then invest a boatload of money into a, a process that doesn't work. So yeah. wow. un- understanding your business process and Um, Looking at key indicators like how long it's been in place or how many other systems does it touch or how many human touch points, manual touch points there are um, versus how many people are doing it. If it's just one person, it's pretty much guaranteed that they're doing 10 other things in your head, um, in their head, Mm. then they've written down or even can explain to somebody else. and. That's effectively what automation is: is explaining a process or a, a system to a computer. So, um, if if someone can't explain to another human uh, how to do a process, then explaining that to a developer to then explain to a computer how to do that process is uh, <laughs> be tricky.
0: I would think. I, I mean, I and I would think that is really. Um, could be the crazy part of it because so many people have been doing things for so long that they don't even know the steps they go through.
2: Absolutely. I think just that second nature, it's, uh, there's, there's a great example on um, YouTube where a father asks his son and daughter who are four or five, maybe, maybe a little bit older, how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and has them write down those directions on a piece of paper and then he follows them literally and they try 10 different times to the point of like they tell him to pick up a knife and get some peanut butter out of the jar but the jar lid's closed and so how do you get peanut butter out of a jar that's closed he just kind of puts the knife against the jar and and then it says, get two pieces of bread and spread the peanut butter. And so he spreads it on the table as opposed to <laughs> on the bread. And it's just a really funny uh, perspective on how, how much we take for granted in the language yeah. that we use and the the context or the knowledge um, that's owned in those people's heads as opposed to yeah. written down on paper. So
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, boy. Wow. This is, uh, it's so interesting to me. Um, so, if there is someone listening and they're um, relatively new in business and um, they're thinking about um, automating or, you know, you know d- doing anything along these lines, is there a place you would tell them to start? Is there, you know, anything in particular you would suggest?
2: Um, definitely, uh, some of the material that we've put out, um, there are, uh, none of it's new or groundbreaking, um, uh, by any, by any means, um, we have taken it and stood on the shoulders of, of some giants that are out there in terms of thought leadership and, and business, um, off the top of my head, I would say that just having uh, the language and the ability to understand exactly what it is um, the, the process is and what I even mean when I say the word process on how everything's a process and it even if it's not written down, there's still a process that it goes through and um, understanding uh, those aspects, to business and technology i think is a very good place to start so it's it's very fundamental but it shifts the way that we look at our businesses and um the the challenges that we're faced with and so those fundamentals really create a separation between a company that is technology led versus um, a smaller organization that is, uh, potentially sales led, uh, not to say that it's worse in any way, it's just, um, different. So, okay. um, for those foundations, um, you can get really deep into kind of the latest and greatest stuff around them. Um, off the top of my head, there's like I mentioned, uh, lean six Sigma, um if you're a really small organization getting started, I would highly suggest looking at uh, the lean startup uh, book by Eric Reese who um, is is all about how do you um, test out new ideas quickly um, uh, and it's it's how Silicon Valley uh, created so many startups the past fifteen years so um there are, there are plenty of other, um, new ones. I mentioned product management. There are entire communities for product managers out there. Um, if you're a larger organization, uh, doing this stuff, then, uh, a business architect is a great place to start. And so they focus on, um, the relationship between these different departments and all of the different software going on and how that, uh, is architected and and planned for the future uh, across the entire organization. So that's a whole field that's out there that uh, is kind of hidden in a lot of organizations.
0: Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that.
2: So there's, it's, it's kind of like these uh, pillars of companies and business that are often just overlooked until you find, Oh, there's a competitor and they're doing it this way or they're thinking about it that way and that kind of changes my perspective or my view so
0: right right got it wow that's great um thank you dan will you uh, let the listeners know how they can find you and what you've got going on
2: please absolutely um so you can find me my name again is dan moore um you can find me on linkedin and uh twitter as as the best way uh to socially connect with me um, also, our company is Vaporware, and we're out of Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, the, the best way to find us there is uh, vaporware.net. So that's V-A-P-O-R-W-A-R-E. And it's, it's not a vape shop, and it's not uh, some of the other things that we've heard, um, but it's actually software and consulting that exists and can, can help you move uh, your business forward. So,
0: Terrific. Thank you, thanks for spending time with me and sharing all of that.:
2: Thanks for having me, Dan.
0: Absolutely. I'd also like to thank the listeners. Uh, you are who we are doing this for, as well as our sponsor. Uh, please go to audibletrial.com/businessGrowth. Sign up for a free trial of audible.com and explore all of the incredible uh, spoken, audio, entertainment and information that they have available for you. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
1: Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D virtual try-on. Pretty cool, right?
0: Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes.
1: I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames?
2: Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men?
1: Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses.
2: Seriously? At those prices, get them all.
1: I like where this is going.
2: Zenny.com, quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway.